Such things are afoot at the Circle K. chosen one to host the show, but hosting is a full-time commitment, and he's been a little distracted lately. Trinity. See what I'm talking about? Listen here, you beautiful bitch, I'm about to fuck you up with some truth. Watch the sass, Captain Sassy Pants. Yeah, you're kind of spazzing out, dude. You haven't answered my question. Yes, I did. You see, what You I... haven't answered my... I'm trying. You just need to let me talk. Why am I here? You shut up. You won't let it. No, you won't let it! I'm the one who talks! Okay, mouth shut! Ears open! You haven't had You do not want to see me get out of this chair! What's up, everybody? How's it going? This is Johnny Doe, y'all boy, coming at you from Strange Things Are Foot at the Circle K Studios, which is the best podcast to broadcast from a spare bedroom in a house in northern Wyoming. Yeah, my dog is back there barking. He's blind, and when I start a podcast, uh, if he was asleep, he he didn't understand what's going on, I guess. I think he thinks I'm talking to somebody and that there's somebody in the house. What's up, Rock? Hmm. All right. Well, thank you for uh, ruining my intro, but, you know, I've already started this intro a couple times. I'm just sticking with this. Because this is the most, uh, even though this is the best podcast on the on the intro web, it is the least professional. That's what's so ironic. How can it be the best when it's the least professional? I don't know, but there's some correlation there. <clears throat> correlation is not causation, right? <clears throat> Anywho, so what this podcast is about is uh, I want to update all my listeners on my personal growth challenges, okay? Uh, not only the one that is currently going on, um, but really all of them are still kind of going on for the most part because personal growth should always be a continuing thing. Um, I like to make goals that you have mile markers for those goals, but they should continue on past that. Now, some of them have a definitive ending, but um, hopefully that there's something that kind of comes from those and then you can build upon them. All right. So the first thing that I want to talk about, what I'm going to talk about is update the current one, which is my uh, getting in shape running for this ultra marathon. And the next uh, thing I'm going to update is my YouTube channel, the status of my YouTube channel, the status of that uh, personal growth challenge. Now, my very first personal growth challenge before I had a podcast, because it was this podcast, okay, I wanted to uh, try this uh, because I'm a big fan of podcasts, I have a lot to say. Um, if you listen to my last podcast, it was an hour and 47 minutes. Um, you know, I don't know that it's a talent, but I don't know very many podcasters that can do a, an hour and 47 minutes by themselves, really not taking a break or a breath. <laughs> from uh, Now, I'm not saying that all that content was good, but here's here's my point. <clears throat> I do a podcast because I do have a lot to say and, you know, my wife gets sick of hearing it. So I decided just to, uh, you know, 
uh, record it and put it out there for the people to listen to. I'm one of those casual podcast listeners, which I like to use as background noise uh, more than just listening to music. So if I'm on a drive or, um, you know, if I'm doing something that doesn't require a ton of attention, sometimes when I'm working, I'll have a podcast on in the background. And some podcasts, they need your undivided attention. Others, you can kind of casually listen to them. This is kind of both. It really depends on the subject. And so I find value in having a long, I always call them conversations, even though I'm just talking. I feel like I'm talking to someone. Um, So this podcast was the beginning of me trying something new and I don't want to say get out of my comfort zone because that is an overused term and I'm guilty of overusing it because I think it's, you know, in a lot of ways, this is in my comfort zone because like I said, I like talking, I like podcasts. And so I don't think that it's a, um, as gratifying as a personal challenge when you do something that you really want to do and something that you like to do. So that's where my personal growth challenges later on like the one I'm doing now is really something I didn't want to do, not something I enjoy. And so uh, it's it, it gets gives me a different perspective, I guess. Um, now, let me pause for a quick break. If you are an avid listener of this podcast, you know I have official unofficial sponsors, which means that I endorse products that I purchase myself. These are not companies that pay me. I do not make any money off this, nor do I make any money off this podcast. This is, you know, I think the best endorsement is me investing my own money. And so usually I just talk about the products that are in front of me, but I try to make them relevant sometimes to um, maybe what I'm talking about or just what I use to uh, get through this podcast. Obviously, I have water. I have some Dasani water right here. Uh, It's not my favorite bottled water. Uh, I would say smart water is probably my favorite because it has electrolytes. Um, But I have some Dasani here. And one of my favorite like recreational beverages is by Bubbles Sparkling Antioxidant-Infused Drink. It only has five calories, and it doesn't have a whole bunch of sugar and bullshit in it. Um, and so I like it because it's, it has some flavor to it and I don't have, I don't like drinking soda pop colas. I probably haven't had a Coke or Pepsi or anything like that probably for about six or eight months. And if I have one, it's very, very rare. So I maybe have three or four a year. I just don't drink it. I do drink energy drinks. Uh, you know that NOS Energy Drink is an avid sponsor, unofficial sponsor. <laughs> but um, I pick and choose when I have my NOS. I never have more than one a day. And I probably don't even have one a day. Maybe one every, like I'll go like two days and then like a day without one. Okay. Like I didn't have one yesterday. Wait. Yeah, I didn't have one yesterday, but I had one the day before that. Anyway, let me take a drink of this. Bye is an an important bubbly water for my listeners because it makes me belch. And that's, uh, I get some criticism that I shouldn't belch into a microphone. But since nobody pays my bills, I do what I want, right? I apologize if you find it unsettling and you have to shut off this podcast because I belch into the microphone burp if you are a regular person 
Belch sounds a little bit more like I'm a professional broadcaster. All right, so <clears throat> the last official unofficial sponsor is I am a fanboy of Apple products. Okay, now I'm not going to say they're perfect. I have a iMac here that severely needs to be updated, underpowered for what I do with it. But I can't really blame it. I'm the one who bought an underpowered machine. It is good for what it's uh, for what it is. I also have an iPad Mini. I have a iPad Pro. Um, I have an iPhone 8, and I just recently purchased the Apple Series 4 uh, Nike Plus watch. And I did it uh, really for my personal growth challenge, um, my running challenge, because I need something that tracks my run. And I want to be able to not only prove uh, what I've been doing, if anybody cares or needs proof, uh, but it helps. It's proof for me and proof positive of that I'm that I'm moving forward. And it kind of helps keep me accountable. One thing that I learned from doing this personal growth challenge, because uh, as a, a quick review, what my challenge is, is I am running an ultra marathon, which an ultra marathon is categorized as anything over uh, 26.2 miles. Some people say anything over 28 miles technically is considered an ultra marathon. I'm doing, um, I'm good on, on both accounts because this is a 32 mile race or a 50K. Um, it is a, a trail run, so it's up in the mountains, uh, lots of elevation changes. So it's not just 32 miles, but it's off-road, uh, rugged terrain at high elevation. And so it's challenging on a lot of different levels. Because before I started this challenge, the longest I ever ran in my life, I think, was maybe around six miles. I mean, and at one clip. And I probably only did that once. I ran five miles uh, a few different times, but up to that point, even though I'm in the military, I'm not a. I, I don't like running. Now I like playing sports like basketball and sprinting, and I'm in fairly good shape. I'm not overweight, and so it's not like um, I'm not an athletic person already. Um, so I already had a good baseline, but I just endurance sports are something that I hate. I like the quick twitch muscle stuff of like baseball, basketball, you know, football. Um, I played hockey back in the Dizay. Shout out to the bullets. Um, but I, I'm not real big into stuff that requires a lot of endurance. When I work out at the gym, it's more like weightlifting, um, you know, low repetition, uh, heavy weight. That's what I've always done. I'm not into CrossFit because it's more cardio intensive. So I just, that's not in my wheelhouse. It's not something I look forward to. It's something I would say that I even fear. I used to be into martial arts and I did some boxing, kickboxing, and I always liked it until I got tired. And then fear kind of set in, you know, that exhaustion that you encounter really does, um, it really shows you your inner bitch. And so I knew that it was definitely a blind spot for me that I that I always find a way to work out um, or challenge myself in things, in, in challenges that were in my comfort zone. 
Kind of like what I talked about with this podcast or with even with my YouTube channel, there's a certain element of those things that are in my comfort zone. <clears throat> You're welcome. So I found it extremely important and I do find it extremely important um, to not always be in your comfort zone. I find it extremely beneficial extremely beneficial to do things that you do not like. And it's hard to do. Most people get a lot of that out of just their job, their everyday job, where they have to be disciplined enough to show up, do a good job, even though it's not something that maybe they're super passionate about. Now, most people are incentivized by money to do that. So it's a little bit easier for me to get up and force myself to go to work because I don't want to get fired and I want to be able to pay my bills and if that's how I make money. But to do something that you really don't want to do and you have to force yourself to do it and there's no financial gain from it um, is a little bit more problematic. And even like weightlifting, my incentive always for weightlifting was looking good and just vanity. Uh, I like looking good and, and um, you know, when I take my shirt off, have muscles and all that stuff. And as I've grown older, that has not been a focus of mine. I've had a few... Uh, injuries from being in the military on deployments and just normal wear and tear on your body that has made weightlifting, um, not that I can't do it, it's just uh, I have a lot of arthritis and tendonitis and things like that that just when I lift a lot of heavy weights, it causes a lot of aches and pains. So I kind of did away from heavy weightlifting and just did more um, like HIIT training uh, which is high intensity interval training. And then I just kind of really even stopped doing that and just did kind of a maintenance workout just to be in decent shape where I don't die if I take a PT test. Um, but I, I definitely didn't have any goals, fitness goals. And um, so anyway, I, you know, I came to the conclusion uh, one day, I think I told this story on previous podcasts, at least I know I have. Uh, but basically, I realized that there was this ultra marathon that happened in the town that I live in, or just right outside the town I live in. It's highly competitive, and it scared the shit out of me, just the thought of doing it. And initially, I was going to do the 18 miler, because that's still uh, more than double the distance that I've ever ran in my entire life. And I thought that'd be a good goal to start with. Um, when I went to register for the race, I registered a few hours too late and the 18 miler filled up extremely fast. And the only thing that was available, the next, um, I guess, least distance race, because they had an 18 miler, 32 miler, 50 miler, and a hundred miler. I definitely wasn't going to do the hundred or the 50 miler. So I just decided to do the 32 miler because it was important for me to, to, to commit to something. Uh, so, so step number one for all of you that are trying to um, do any kind of goal uh, or, or any kind of personal growth is to start with a goal, not start with a dream, but a goal. You know, a dream, um, what's the difference between a goal and a dream? A goal is a dream with a plan. So you, you, it's okay to dream big, but you got to make a plan and you need a reverse plan all the way back to uh, today. You need to start it immediately. That's the most important thing is you never want to say this is a goal and and put off starting it or just get it out of your head. You need to find something that keeps you accountable today. 
And so it was important for me to make that goal and really doing the 32 miles was probably better because it made me start very, very quickly after I made that goal because I knew that I needed extra training time. You know, 18 miles, I could probably train in 10 weeks and to, to be able to complete the race. That's the way it was in my mind, or even 12 weeks. Uh, usually a, a marathon, it's a 20-week program to get into marathon shape. This is farther than a marathon, so it's really kind of a 22 to 23-week is when I how long that I decided to prepare. So I've been doing this personal growth challenge for about a month now. I started... Um, right about the beginning of February, and now it's the beginning of March. So I've been doing it about a month. And I think last month, my first month, I ran 36 miles in that month, uh, I believe, last time I looked at my watch. Um, I have my watch on, but uh, I I don't remember how to look at the month um, time. And the longest I've run so far is eight miles in one day, okay? Now that's going to be, that record's going to get beat today. Every Sunday is my long run days. So how my schedule is, is what, so how I, how I plan for this, uh, for this workout or this 23 week program is I research on the internet, um, or excuse me, the intra web, um, how to train for just a marathon. Because uh, there's lots of training programs just for marathons. So I found a good training program for a marathon as far as how much that you run per week, starting off slow and, and ramping it up as the months uh, get closer and kind of when you want to peak and when you want to start tapering off right before the race. And so what I did is I took that and I just modified it a little bit um, to one, uh, make it a little bit more of <clears throat> uh, training for a little bit longer race than a marathon and starting a little bit earlier since I think I needed something longer than 20 weeks. And then I modified it from there to just what works with my schedule and what makes it doable. So tip number two on a personal growth, any kind of personal growth challenge is after you make a goal is you have to make it attainable. Uh, So whatever you have to do to modify it, to make it attainable, doesn't mean making it easy. But it means something uh, you need to have control measures in place to keep yourself accountable, but you have to allow yourself to make it achievable, especially in the beginning. Because if you make it too hard uh, right out of the gate, then you have an excuse not to do it because you just it's, it's easy to quit. Okay, so you got to make it easy to succeed. So right off the bat, I think I was running, you know, like I was already in shape to run like two miles because that's what we run for the Army uh, APFT. And so I already took a PT test uh, right before I started this challenge. Um, And so I was already in decent, like any, I hate to say it, but if you're in decent shape, you can run two miles under, you know, uh, I think my PT standards, I have to do it under 18 minutes because I'm an old, old man. So... Um, that's not hard to do. Like I don't have to train much for that. But I went ahead and started at just running one mile and then running two miles and then back to one mile and then running three miles and then back to two miles and then back to three miles and back to two miles and then up to four miles and back to three miles and just kind of slowly, incrementally ramped it up. Um, and I remember very, um, very, 
extensively what it's like when I'm getting ready for an army PT test. And I try to, the longest I run is three miles. Cause I always figure, well, if I can do three miles and two miles is going to be easy. I want to make sure to make the PT test easy. And so three miles used to be, I, I mean, I would definitely be gassed after three miles. So one thing that I learned is how quickly my body adapted. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Like yesterday I did my, a sh- what's called a short run, just a short, easy run. And it was four miles. And so I do nine miles today. So, you know, the thought is, Hey, run nine miles on tired legs where they're not completely fresh. Um, so on my long run day, the day before I do a shorter run and then you combine those, of course, that's 13 miles in a 24 hour period. And then you, you know, have a recovery day that the, the next day before you go back into resetting with a short run, a medium run, a short run, you know, some cross training into a long run. And so I run four to five days a week. And I think this coming up week, um, let's see, uh, I don't have my calendar in front of me because I, I, I bought one of those planners, like a weekly planner. And I use it just for tracking my running. And so I have already scheduled out every single thing, every mile that I need to run all the way up to race day, which is June 14th. And so, um, and I can modify that a little bit. Like I have days off and, you know, let's say I'm working extra on that day or something came up, I can switch, you know, my day off with a day that I was going to run. As long as I get the total run miles in and I can't miss my long my long run days. Those are the, the, the two big things that I read when preparing that, Hey, listen to your body. If you need an extra day off, take an extra day, but do not miss the long run day. Take, take a short day off. So, um, so the update on that, uh, how I've been doing with it is, uh, I've been accomplishing all my goals so far. Now I will say I'm, I'm making it very attainable. I don't have any time goals. I don't have any um, pace goals. Right now, the goal is just to be able to complete the miles. So no matter how slow I have to go, as long as I'm not walking, I want to uh, achieve that. Now, kind of uh, internally, I have a goal because I know I want to, I know kind of what, how fast I want to run this race in. Um, and I know what goal is in my mind achievable. And so I try not to run under a certain pace. And so that pace is, is uh, right now I try to keep it under 10 minutes a mile, which I think is pretty good for someone that is not a runner. Um, especially when I'm running like today, I'm going to do nine miles. And so if I can do nine miles in 90 minutes, then I'll be happy. And another thing that is a (laughs) big challenge is I hate running on a treadmill um, today, um, my wife just got back from the grocery store, um, at about 1030 in the morning and it's still negative 13 here. <laughs> so I'm not running outside and there's, you know, a foot of snow on the ground, ice, all that good stuff. So it's still not, a, it's still not doable for me to run outside. So running 90 minutes on the treadmill, man, it's, it's rough. It is rough. It's boring. I don't like to run with music because that's kind of cheating in my opinion. And it just, to me, it's, I don't like to try to distract myself 
from, I, I want to kind of, I find, how do I put this? I don't want to sound like a douchebag, like uh, you got to make yourself mentally tough, but you you kind of do. Um, I want to be in that moment. I want to, I don't want something, I don't want to try to fool myself from what I'm going through. I want to feel um, if I'm cramping, if I'm feeling pain, if I'm getting tired, all the different mental walls, and I need to be able to push through that, and especially on a treadmill because you got nothing to distract you. You're just, I'm lo- literally looking at a white wall. So I find it, um, you know, I do listen to podcasts from time to time, but after I get about three or four miles in, I'm so focused on running, I'm really not even listening to the podcast anymore. Um, so, um, I might have something on as background noise, but it's real important that I don't listen to certain music that's going to try to pump me up because you get those adrenaline dumps. You start running faster when you, you know, one thing I've learned when you're running distances, you got to plan for running that long distance. So you got to start off, you got to make yourself run slower than you know that you can run just so you can, you got to keep a little bit, you know, in reserve to, to make that distance. So here's, a, I guess, the current update on the status. So about a month in, I'm injury-free, which is surprising because I am kind of injury-prone. Um, I have not had as many aches and pains as I thought. Now, I am taking more vitamins. Um, I, I started taking glucosamine, then I stopped, and I need to start taking it again, but I'm taking a lot of omega-3s, multivitamin, B12s. Um, I haven't changed my diet a lot. I've tweaked it. I definitely tweaked it a little bit where I'm not eating as much junk food. I didn't do any cold turkey shit. I'm just slowly phasing out things. And as my runs get longer, uh, nutrition is going to play a bigger role. And so it's forcing me to really look at my nutrition a lot more as well. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, Every week I'm attaining a new goal. Uh, like I said, eight, well, 8.5 is the longest I've ever ran so far, which was last Sunday. And then today I'm going to run nine. And my goal is always to, on my long runs to not just stop at that goal, but just, you know, try to push it a little bit further. And depending on, you know, I listen to my body. So, you know, if it's, if I don't feel like that it's beneficial, if I'm going to hurt myself, um, then I, then I won't. But, uh, it's, it's very interesting to see what your body does on a run that long. Certain things ache and certain things hurt, but the, kind of the process right now for me is figuring out what hurt is uh, something leading to an injury or it's just a normal pain. Because when this is uncharted territory for me. I've never done anything like this as far as running, so I'm really, really trying to listen to my body. But you don't want to use it as an excuse to stop. And so if I'm going to get injured, now's the time to do it because I'll have time to recover, I guess. Uh, so I don't want to get injured right before a race. So I I see the benefit in pushing myself a little bit right now um, and just kind of seeing where that breaking point is as far as um, joints and ligaments and just how I'm going to feel. So far, my cardio has been holding up. It's really my legs and my joints that get tired first. Um, one of the other things that I, I really have to do is I'm trying to figure out what shoes work best for me. You know, I never even thought of it, but they said it's very important to have like two or three pairs of shoes and then rotate through them. Cause last thing you want to do is run a hundred miles in one pair of shoes and right before the race, they're worn down 
and you got to buy a new pair of shoes and you got to break them in during the race. You don't want to do that. So you want to have two or three pairs in the rotation. You want them broken in and, and use the pair that is, is the best for the race. And so I'm still trying to figure out, I'm, I'm running uh, three different types of shoes, two different Under Armour and a New Balance. I'm going to uh, make the plunge here pretty soon and buy a really, really expensive pair of running shoes like some uh, uh, Hoka's or uh, what's the other brand that I was uh, looking at. That I've, I've watched a lot of reviews and read a lot of reviews, uh, Solomon's. So Solomon's and the Hoka's, I'm probably going to dive into one of those. I can tell you that New Balance makes some good ones. Under Armour, I'm a big Under Armour fan, but I haven't found one that I just, I'm in love with yet. Um, So I'm still trying to figure out what shoe works best. Once it warms up a little bit and I can start running outside, and by that time I'll be running greater distances, that's when nutrition comes into play. uh, I'm going to start testing out different nutritional um, supplements like the different gels and stuff because after you start running 10 miles or more you need to replace some of those calories not only that but you have to figure out hydration belts or hydration vests and what works best for you other equipment such as I already bought you know uh, a watch that's going to track all my movement but also um, some you know compression shorts compression socks compression sleeves um, and, and figure out what works best for you and uh, what clothing um, doesn't rub you raw, doesn't chafe you, doesn't you know rub your nipples off, you know, things like that. So there's a lot more to this than just being conditioned and being in shape. Um, so that's what's interesting to me, and I've definitely jumped in with both feet. So that's kind of the update. So far, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing better than... I, I don't want to say better than I expected, but I'm, I'm very much right on track. Uh, so I got no excuses at this point. And I can tell you right now, I'm not optimizing my hydration or my nutrition. So it gives me a lot of confidence. Once I do that, it's going to even give me a little bit more. So my goal is before I run that 32 miles, I think the longest run I'm going to do is 28 miles. And so I'm going to have to really push those last four miles in that race. It's going to be kind of uncharted territory. And uh, that's important too. I don't want to go into the race knowing that I can do it because I've done it before. I kind of want to go into the race having to find some reserves that I've never tapped into before. And so that's how that personal growth challenge is. That's the update. I'm going to keep updating you guys and let you know where I'm at, if I, you know, have any speed bumps or hurdles, uh, any injuries, or if I found some new equipment, and hopefully you guys, you know, I encourage everybody to do personal growth. Personal growth is something that um, I find extremely important, and sometimes it's good to start with something that you enjoy doing, but just do try to get better at it. I do that with my artwork, of course, with my podcast, YouTube channel, if it's archery, um, if it's you know, something that you enjoy doing, uh, video games. I'm, I love video games and I hate them at the same time, <laughs> but it's fun to try to just from a very selfish standpoint, it really doesn't benefit you to be better at video games, but whatever that goal is, it's important to have it stick to it. And when you achieve it, then build on it and try to do something that's a little bit more challenging next time. And so what 
I'm always thinking about is what happens after I achieve a big goal. Uh, how can I get to the next one? So I'm going to caveat right into my YouTube channel because that was a personal growth challenge. Um, and I'm still doing it. I have, I think, 17 videos up now. Um, of course, I'm still not getting any views. I only have, you know, a handful of subscribers, which is fine because I've, I feel like I'm still learning. I Probably the worst thing that could happen to me is get a lot of views because um, if, I, if the quality isn't up or the video isn't a good video, then, you know, people aren't going to come back to your channel. So I'm, I'm fine with where it's at right now because it's all about, there's so much to learn about the video production, about the marketing aspect of what keywords to use in your titles, to what kind of thumbnail to use, what's going to make someone click, what's going to make somebody share, all that stuff. So it's very interesting. Um, but I'm taking a little bit of break from it because I did, I was doing like, you know, maybe two videos a week there for a while. And, and uh, I'm going to throttle back a little bit um, focus on some other things and I'll probably get back into it maybe in a couple weeks because I have to work next weekend all next weekend and you know maybe in a couple weeks I'll kind of get back into it but um, one thing that I realized um, once I started my YouTube channel you know of course I watch a lot more YouTube just to try to get tips and advice not even watching YouTube channels that give you tips and advice, but just watching what other YouTubers do to be successful. And one thing that I have realized uh, is YouTube is, is kind of a, a weird platform where you have a lot of people that aren't very talented, that don't even have that good of content, but they've figured out a marketing strategy. Um, you know, people call it clickbaiting. There's, there's, ways to get people to click and watch your videos um, and they're, you know, maybe they're not very good um, or they try to get some kind of emotional attachment or they just, you know, do like the uh, Jake and Logan Paul thing where they just, you know, show off how much money they have and, and act stupid and for some reason people respond to that. Uh, I personally don't like that stuff. I'll watch it from time to time and I, I have to shut it off because it's just, I just can't believe that this is what people are doing with their lives. It's, it's, it's very bizarre to me. But if there's a financial incentive, I can understand why people do it. So that goes into my next thing. It kind of ties into personal growth. So one of the channels I came across is this, this dude named Boogie2988, okay? Um, I, I've watched like video game streamers and people that have video game channels and stuff. And, and I used to really enjoy it. And, and I've kind of fallen out of favor with some of it because it just, it, uh, it doesn't have a lasting interest. It just ends up being the same thing over and over. You, it's kind of fun watching somebody play like a new video game. Uh, see, you know, some strategies that they use. Um, you can get some tips from it. But after a while, um, you know, you're either watching for that person's personality or it just, to me, I don't enjoy watching anymore. I, I, I go, okay, I've, you know, it's the same shit over and over. <clears throat> but this guy, I think he got his start doing like playing video games, stuff like that. So this channel, <clears throat> and I'm not going to promote this channel because uh, I initially was going to play some clips from it. 
Um, but I, I think I, it's better just to talk about this, this guy and, and how this ties into my own personal growth. <clears throat> this guy has a pretty big following. He has like four and a half million subscribers on YouTube. I think he used to have more. And his gimmick, and I say gimmick because I, I truly believe just about everybody on YouTube, especially if they don't have real quality content and they're more the clickbaity people, uh, they have to have uh, a shtick, so to speak, okay? So his, or a gimmick. And his gimmick, what made him big is he's this giant, fat, overweight guy. When I say giant, fat, I mean like, morbidly obese, like having health problems, could fucking die from it, that kind of fat, okay? And so now I i am definitely not an avid watcher of this. I don't subscribe to this guy, but I got very, I went down a rabbit hole one night and I got very um, interested in watching some of his videos. My wife was out of town for a couple of days and I was kind of left to my own devices, which sometimes aren't good. And I end up just sitting and watching um, YouTube content that I don't even like. And I'm just, I'm interested from a different perspective. You know, you're, you might watch a movie because you're interested in the subject. And then other times it's a train wreck. And so you're interested just to see what happens just because like, man, this is terrible. I just want to see how it ends. Well, that's kind of this YouTube, uh, this YouTuber. At first glance, because I saw that he was popular and I've heard people talk about him. There's a couple other podcasts that I listen to and watch on YouTube that he was a guest on. And that's how I first discovered him. And he was always talking about all the hate he gets or all the fans he gets or all the different updates he does on his channel. And I, and I was like, holy shit, this guy's popular. There's people watch this guy. And I was like, well, there's got to be something to it. And so I started watching some of his stuff. And I started with like current stuff and it's the current stuff is, uh, it's not really even, he does like, uh, where he talks about video game news and, uh, like what's going on in the video game industry. And he just sits in front of a camera, uh, with headphones on and a microphone and just talks kind of like this, but he records it and he talks about like video game stuff. He really doesn't have any video editing. He doesn't have any other content. He's not funny. And so I really, it was hard for me to really understand unless you were just a hardcore video game person, like why people watch him. So I was like, okay, let me click through some of his other stuff. And so some of his other content was like, he would do unboxing that was real popular on YouTube for a while. It still is on some channels where you order something and then you open it on camera in front of people. And then you like play with it. He he's like forty years old and and is ordering toys and he, you know he's one of those guys that's in. I've met a lot of them working in the comic book industry, uh, but he's one of these guys that's into like action figures and toys and video games and all that stuff. And he has, you know, he collects I guess that some of that stuff. And so that's his crowd. So he unboxes stuff and plays with it and talks about if it's cool or not. I guess. I mean, I literally couldn't get through two minutes of some of these videos. So. I'm just kind of giving you my take of what I what I saw. But the videos that were very interesting to me that he did is he got big on YouTube because he had a character. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. Let me let me think. Hold on. Um, oh, fuck. It's I should have wrote it down. <laughs> um, he has a he has a, a character that is basically him mocking 
He's he acts like this fat obese guy that like rages. He gets pissed because the food isn't cooked right or somebody talks shit on him on a video game and it usually has an angle of him being fat. Like they're calling me fat and he'll fucking throw a controller. There's one where he like is playing Guitar Hero and he destroys his Xbox, you know, hitting it with the guitar and throwing it out in the street. And, and of course, it's funny because he's this giant fat guy, like probably like 500 pounds. And he's, you know, fat people doing, sh- I mean, fat people can be on camera like just dancing and people find that funny. Okay. So he's kind of exploiting the whole fat angle, you know, and, and I loosely use the word exploiting. Um, because if you're fat and you know, you're whatever you, you can use whatever you want. And I, and I say exploiting because he also uses it as, um, an excuse to be a victim. And I'm going to kind of get into that and how it ties into personal growth. And so once I started watching those videos and I go, okay, he was just this viral video guy. And then all of a sudden he had an audience and he just turned it into something else. Well, I guess he would get a lot of hate, I'm assuming, um, about him being fat or whatever else. And so he started making videos, not of of this character, but of him. Um, I, don't, I don't know what his name is, but he goes by Boogie2988. So he started saying, okay, this is, this is why I'm fat. And he starts talking about like growing up and I guess he was just horribly abused and uh, molested and beaten and and uh, just all kinds of horrific shit in his life, right? And okay, I, I can understand and I guess he got a following from that because there's other obese people that use food as therapy or whatever. And so, you know, I'm, I'm buying into it at this point going, okay, I, I kind of get it. And then he did like a there's a, a thing that was popular on YouTube for a while called Draw My Life, where you do like little sketches and you talk about your entire life. Well, this was the first one that I watched where he was really, really pulling at the heartstrings, like to the point where you go, okay, you're, you are way going overboard looking for sympathy. Like the just playing, really playing up being victimized. Now, remember, this guy's 40 years old. He's not 20. He's not a couple years removed from abuse or whatever, but he he's 40 years old, and he's talking about shit that happened when he was 10, and uh, yeah, I, let, me, let me move on from that. I, I don't want to get overly worked up or critical yet. Then he goes into later videos where he talks about... Um, how he's, you know, uses food and how he's got mental illness as well. And uh, I guess there was some controversy because he said and did some things online and made some references to, you know, some racist rhetoric and some sexist rhetoric and things, you know, about Nazis and Hitler and all this shit. And when people would call him out or he'd get in trouble, he would blame mental illness, saying that he can't control himself, but he's taking responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Well, so many people, um, you know, commented on his weight and things like that. So he started, his channel started really kind of turning away from video games and stuff like that, which, you know, those, those things would get, you know, like 200,000 views, but he would do an update on 
his abuse or why his teeth are all fucked up or um, him failing or him being suicidal. He has one where he talks about killing himself and that would get millions upon millions of views. So you start seeing a theme where you go, okay, this, this guy has a built-in reward system, which is YouTube and being a victim. And so I started really looking at this channel as, man, this is a prime example of social media, YouTube, all that stuff, really encouraging the victim culture. And not that this guy didn't go through some shit, but if you're anything like me, you know lots of people that have gone through shit. And there is nothing in his story that I heard that was so bad that is an excuse of why at 40 years old he still is being the is playing the victim and that he has not taken responsibility for being 500 pounds or being emotionally unstable or whatever else. Remember, this guy is emotionally stable enough to have a YouTube channel and have a following and make fun of himself and stuff. Unless he's having a bad day, then it's then he goes off on somebody and then uh, when he gets some strikes against him on YouTube or people protesting him or something. He's like, Oh, it's my mental illness. I had no control over myself. So he went through a divorce at one point and he, of course he airs all his dirty laundry about his personal life on his YouTube channel, which I definitely discourage people from doing that because, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. You can't, can't get pissed at people's criticism when you're trying to use your personal challenges as um, a way to monetize no matter if it's Patreon or clicks or whatever else is it's uh, live by the sword, but die by the sword. So if you let people into your personal life, they're, they might have something to say about it. That's uh, not exactly what you want to hear. And so he, he show you know, he um, was talking about his marriage um, and there's lots and lots of YouTube uh, ch- not channels, uh, videos that he uploaded where he literally is talking about his wife um, in a negative way um, for the world to hear when he was still married and how he's in trouble for this and how she's abusive and all this other shit. And uh, which is, I think, completely wrong because you're you're not giving the other person even an avenue to speak. And so you got to be very careful, especially when you're using their name and you're a public figure. And it's, it's, it's unfair because that person didn't choose to have a fucking YouTube channel. And it's very, you, you almost have to watch it to see how like douchey it is and clickbaity. And, and they're, he's just trying to play on people's heartstrings and very much the victim. Um, and then he decided that he was going to do like, I'm going to try to lose weight. And I'm going to chronicle it on this channel, kind of like a personal growth challenge. And uh, long story short, he failed at it and then ended up taking the easy way out and doing gastric bypass surgery. And he's still trying to kind of play the victim and he started to lose weight. And and uh, somewhere in this time, uh, people, I think, just started to just have a bad taste in their mouth from this guy. And his view count started going lower and lower and his subscribers went down. Now he still has 4.5 million subscribers. So, you know, boohoo, don't feel too sorry for him. But um, you see a lot of negative comments and a lot of people hating on him. So much so when I was researching this guy, I would type in Boogie2988 um, on the YouTube search. And of course, his channel would pop up. And then there's all these videos of people kind of hating on him, kind of what I'm doing now. 
And why I bring him up is because he is a prime example of why I do personal growth challenges and why I talk about personal growth so much on my podcast. And not just personal growth, but I talk a a resounding theme on my podcast is personal responsibility. Now, I'm not going to go into things that happened to me or um, ways that I grew up. I've, I've chronicled things like that on my podcast before. Um, but I am not a victim. Things that happen to me, like I talk about getting bullied all the time when I was a kid and how important that was to kind of turning me into the person I am. And, and, I, and I don't think that's, that was a bad thing. I think that's a good thing because you're either going to, um, you're, you're, you're either going to, it's either going to destroy you or it's going to make you stronger. And everyone has that choice. And, you know, mental toughness and resiliency is something that we're not teaching our kids enough of. And so they don't find social currency in that and saying, no, I'm successful. Doesn't mean I didn't go through some shit, but I'm not going to talk about that because that's not me anymore. Well, this guy still identifies as that victim at 40 years old and chooses to say that he doesn't have control, that he can't stop eating. There was one video I watched where he talks about how he uses food for this and that. And he has, he, he actually said, I have no control over it. I just can't stop myself from eating. When you know, as well as I do that I'm not saying food's not an addiction, but you know, there's lots of steps in the process um, before you shove that food in your mouth. Like, you know, uh, getting in your car, driving to the store, putting it in the cart, going through the register, putting it back in your car, unloading it from your car into the refrigerator, unboxing it, putting it in your mouth, right? There's lots of steps in there where you can say, if you had some resiliency or mental toughness not to do, and you might be listening to this and maybe you've had weight issues or struggles or whatever else. And sometimes you fail and sometimes you, uh, overeat or overindulge and we all do it. But to not take personal responsibility for when you do it is where I have the problem. And what I definitely have the problem is when you identify it as a problem and years later and years go by and you still claim to be the victim. To me, I will allow you to be the victim of something up to the point where you acknowledge it's a problem. You know, uh, if you're being abused and you're being harassed and you're, you know, no matter if it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, whatever, once you identify that it's happening, it's now your responsibility to change something, to do something about it. And claiming that you're mentally ill and that you can't fix it, um, if you have self-awareness, you can do something about it, okay? If you have no self-awareness and you don't see it as a problem, then you're not there yet. It's hard for you to help yourself. But I refuse to believe that you're powerless to change something in your life when you identify it as a problem to the point where you're on a YouTube channel talking to people about being suicidal. You know, if 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 you're really suicidal, um, then you need to go talk to a shrink and not people on YouTube. And I don't have a lot of patience for those people because I truly believe that they find the currency in being a victim. Now, a lot of people would say, well, no, they're just putting it out in the world. And then there's lots of people that can relate and, and they, and they talk about, you know, helping them and, and they get through that. Right. Well, I don't believe that because the channel turned into that, turned into a pity party for this, uh, for this dude 
every time that he's not getting the clicks that he wants, he'll make another my life is shit video and that's what people click on. Now, if you see in our culture, that's a lot of people, uh, no matter if it's super rich, successful people or people that their their world is a disaster, that's what sells. And so like the Real Housewives show that I've talked about before on this podcast, that's kind of the both in one package. It's You can see the opulence of somebody's life and rich and famous, and but then you also get to see their life falling apart and it being a disaster and how money doesn't buy happiness. Now, this boogie guy, um, I don't, I don't not want him to make money on YouTube. I don't care how many subscribers. And if he has his fans, then he has his fans. Um, because ultimately, I know that that um, as long as you have that victim mentality, I don't care how much money he makes or how successful, he's always going to be miserable. And for me, it's never about money or fame. I'm not trying to monetize this platform. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but that's not my goal. And why it's not my goal is because I know that money does not solve any problem except money problems. I always say to people that have money problems, they complain to me and say, I just wish I made more money. And I said, well, out of all the problems in the world to have, money problems are the best ones because they're easily solved because all it takes is money to solve a money problem. If you have cancer, you're 500 pounds or you're mentally ill or you've been raped or uh, you know, you're missing an arm or a leg or you're paralyzed, um, if your parents are dead, um, if you have cancer, if you lost your job, if uh, a, a sinkhole in Florida swallowed your house or tornado destroys your all your crops and livestock, those things are harder to defeat. Some of those things you don't have a lot of control over. And you might say that you don't have any control over financial problems, but you have more control than you want to admit. And usually people that continue to have financial issues uh, their entire lives, it's because of their bad decision-making and they, and they neglect to look at the one constant in their life, which is their decisions. And, and everybody can get out of them. Now, not saying everybody can be rich, but you know, when I w- wasn't making a lot of money, I, I went through a bankruptcy when I was in my early 20s and I had to learn from that. I had to learn that, hey, um, if I only make $25,000 a year, then I can't spend $30,000 a year. So I had to cut back on and make some lifestyle choices. So either you just submit that, okay, I'm not going to make this money. So there's just certain things that I won't be able to have in my life. I can't go on vacation to the Bahamas. I can't have a new car. Um, I, I have to budget my money and live a certain type of life. Um, and that it goes with, with uh, just about anybody, no matter what income level that you're at. But it all comes down to personal choice. But bottom line up front is this. If you uh, have $5,000 of credit card debt and and you don't know how you're going to get out of it, well, if somebody gives you $5,000, problem solved. Not that easily solved when you have cancer. So money problems to me aren't aren't a big thing. Um, A a big problem to overcome uh, a lot of times but on the flip side, when you have prosperity with wealth, that doesn't solve your problems either. It doesn't, it, it, it uh, you know, that saying that money doesn't buy happiness, but there's also a saying that says you can rent it for a while. Well, that's true. You can definitely use that money to 
kind of put blinders on from some of your other problems in the meantime. And yes, if you have cancer or uh, an illness and you're you know, a millionaire, you can get the best healthcare possible. So that definitely helps as well. But what I'm saying is if you're emotionally unhappy, making a bunch of money, a lot of times does not fix it. It's just a Band-Aid. And so, um, you know, I don't care if this guy makes money or doesn't. I don't give a shit if people like him or hate him or whatever. I'm just using him as an example of what I, I constantly fear about my own life is I never want to be the victim and capitalize off being a victim and pretend like I don't have a personal responsibility. Even if I was a victim, I can still do something um, to make my life better or to get over that hump. So, you know, you might get robbed. um, And yes, that makes you a victim. But you can also make certain choices to better prepare yourself for that situation next time. Instead, a lot of people, they never get out of that mindset of being a victim and the rest of their life, they're terrified of the world. And I refuse to do that. The world is a scary place, but it's less scary when you put yourself out there um, and, and get out of your comfort zone and you realize that, hey, I can do things that I didn't know I was capable of. Hence why I have personal growth challenges, because it's important to remind yourself Hey, if I choose not to do something, you have to know it's not a, that it's a choice. But if you really want to do it and put your mind to it, you can achieve it. And so you can't, you, you can't make excuses now. You can't use an excuse to not get to a certain place in your life. Now, the only caveat or the only alibi that I'm going to give is, you know, there are people that have true mental illnesses, but when I see somebody that's just overweight and they're fully aware and they're, you know, um, all that, sh- I, I, I get sick of people using mental illness as a crutch or a scapegoat when there's truly mentally ill people out there in the world. And then there's a lot of people, they just want to use that as an excuse. You know, you can have an excuse, okay, but it doesn't mean that's the reason. Everybody has an excuse for something, but what's the reason? Okay, and so, um, you know, Boogie2988, you know, go to his channel. I don't care. Fucking check him out. I don't give a shit if he gets 10 million subscribers. But forever, guys like him are motivation for me to keep doing what I'm doing because we need positive reinforcement to combat people like that because some kid is going to watch that and see that there's social currency and being a victim, that this guy makes all this money on YouTube, has all these subscribers, and all he is is he's fat. He'll sit there and drink a fucking gallon of Mountain Dew on, you know, on the internet. He'll make bad fucking choices, admit that he's eating poorly and and not exercising, that he's a victim. He even had um, like personal trainers and people like that volunteer their time to come help this guy. And he made a video about it. And then months later, he's not doing it anymore. I mean, people did that for him. And he just said, fuck it. I'm, I'm too mentally weak to fucking do it. Uh, he exploits people and their uh, philanthropy, their charity, their patronage, and trying to financially help him 
when a lot of times it's just being used to, um, you know, to continue on being a victim because that's what's paying the bills. And, uh, and that's, I think, dangerous for young people to see. I think we need to do a better job of promoting people that say, no, I choose, I'm choosing not to be a victim. I'm choosing to overcome adversity in my life because we're all going to have it and to varying degrees. But, you know, for, for, for you to say that everyone doesn't have it, I mean, one thing I realized is I thought I had a sad story growing up and then you realize uh, how sad some people's story is. I remember telling uh, a buddy that I was serving in the army with, me and him were getting really close on a deployment, um, you know, talking about personal shit. And I told him about how I haven't, you know, even talked to my dad since I was five and, you know, grew up in government housing and, uh, you know, got beat up every day and wore big thick glasses. And I'm like, boo hoo, boo hoo. And he told me the story of how he lost his dad when he was 13 and his dad um, committed suicide by blowing his brains out using a shotgun when my buddy was 13 and the dad did it in front of him. A 13-year-old saw his dad blow his own brains out. And I'm going, holy shit, I feel like a piece of shit that I'm sitting here blaming like, oh, my life was so shitty. And this guy, that's a vision that's going to be in his brain literally forever. My computer locked up. So, you know, that and when you hear other people's stories from other people's perspective, you realize that everybody has an excuse, but very few people have a reason. And then there's people like Stephen Hawking that have a reason and he still achieves, even though they have a reason. Look at Special Olympians, look at uh, veterans that come back getting their legs blown off and they they get fake prosthetics uh, and they still do what they were doing before or try to be even better at it. And so uh, when you start seeing those people, you realize you don't really have an excuse. Or I should say you don't have a reason. You just have excuses. Um, And I think that applies to probably 95% of the people out there. I truly do. And so that to me is a more empowering message than you're a victim and people need to come rescue you. And there's nothing you can do to change your circumstance. I think that's the worst message that you could tell people. And so, you know, this guy uh, later on, you know, on his channel, he, you know, went through his divorce and chronicled that and threw his ex-wife under the bus and talked about, you know, um, all this other shit um, about his personal life. But then you realize when you kind of dig in and see some of his other stuff on social media and his Twitch stream and stuff, he's kind of a asshole and he's kind of a shitty person, too. Um and he's a troll. He's one of those guys that he he was bragging when he was in his 30s, used to go um, and post, you know, uh, pictures of people that were killed in war and suicide victims and like police crime photos. And he would post those pictures on Christian message boards just to be a troll. And um, you realize that the mental illness that this guy has is he just wants attention is he's an attention whore. That's why he has a YouTube channel. That's why he tries to be a victim. That's why he cries on half of his fucking YouTube 
channels because that gets clicks because his thumbnail and his description is I've lost it. I'm giving up all this fucking negative shit. And then he talks about, I'm, but I'm going to fight through it and I'm going to do it for you guys. And, and it's just this bullshit victim. And there's never a payoff. Years later, he still hasn't lost the weight. He still hasn't done the things that he's supposed to do. Um, he just goes and gets fucking bypass surgery. Um, and and I'm a big believer that that uh, that does not, that's a Band-Aid. I've known people that have had it and I don't give a shit what you say that it, well, it helps you, um, you know, saves your, it saves people's lives and blah, blah, blah. Well, it doesn't change the behavior, uh, naturally. It's not a natural way for your body to lose weight for you to t- tie off part of your fucking stomach. You need to actually learn some discipline. And when people are undisciplined in this life, um, I think we give people way, way, way too much slack when it comes to people that live undisciplined lives. And um, I don't like that there's people out there that have a strong voice and influence on younger people that could possibly encourage them, no matter if they say that it's a this is the way to live their life or not. Um, I, I, I'm a big uh, proponent of you have to it's do as I do leadership, not do as I say. So he's one of those dudes. It's like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. But he's showing something completely different and, and benefiting from it. So, you know, I use the analogy all the time. If you hit your wife every day and say you love her, she's not going to feel love. But if you never tell her that you love her and you show her every day, she's going to feel loved. And so, and that's that goes with everybody. So it's not about what you say, it's about what you show. That's one of the reasons why I do personal growth challenges, not just to talk the talk, but I have to first walk the walk. And, um, you know, there's people out there that they want you to fail. I, I understand that. But I'm talking, I'm only talking to the people that they're trying to to figure out how to get better and how to achieve. And there's people that do it so much better than me. I mean, David Goggins and Jocko Willink and, and uh, you know, guys like that are, are such an inspiration. They've dedicated their entire life to that. I know there's different levels to it, but that's my, that's my perspective is that I always come from a regular guy that has a regular job, that I'm just a regular person. And if I can do it, I know anyone can do it. If I take responsibility and accountability for the things that I do in my life, then I, I know that other people can do it. I know the hurdles that I've had in my life. I know that the, the drawbacks that I've had. I know the roadblocks, the pitfalls, all the other mixed metaphors, right, for failing. I've experienced them. I know them. And so the guys like David Goggins or Joe Rogan or, or whoever the inspiration or inspirational guys, Tony Robbins, Dr. Phil, it, sometimes we feel disconnected because those are millionaires, uh, you know, sometimes even close to billionaires uh, like Oprah that are telling you how to be resilient. And, it's, and there's a disconnect because they just, you, you, you've always seen them as that. So I always try when I'm talking to young people or I'm in classrooms or I'm, I'm speaking uh, to people in real life, 
they they see that it's a tangible, achievable thing because I'm just a regular guy that uh, they see me at the grocery store, see me at Walmart, see me at the car wash. Um, I'm just living a regular life. I'm not making any money off my podcast or my YouTube. And so I'm doing it for a different reason than other people do. There's no clickbaity shit. You know, in my research on how to like grow a YouTube channel, it's all this marketing bullshit. You know, I don't do anything to market this podcast. And people always say, well, you should do this, you should do that. Well, I need to start with having, I need to start with saying something that people want to hear. And the marketing will take care of itself. Because I don't, I don't want to get it big for just the sake of being big. There's, like I said, there's YouTube channels and podcasts that are big and they're not interesting. Uh, like I love Casey Neistat on YouTube. He has a great YouTube channel, but he, he does a podcast too. And the podcast is, it kind of sucks because you can tell he's just trying to monetize and trying to get and diversify from just doing that. He goes, oh, I can make money at doing a podcast. And he puts out a podcast. Of course, it goes to the top of the charts on iTunes and all that stuff. But I've listened to it and you can tell that they're not passionate about it. They're just doing it. They're just sitting there having a conversation. I can't tell you how many podcasts I've listened to where nobody is saying anything. They're just talking. You know, um, there's there's a podcast that I listen to a lot that sometimes it's a really good podcast and sometimes, to be honest with you, it's not even really good most of the time. And it's supposed to be an inspirational podcast and you can tell someone is just, oh, it's time for me to do another podcast. And uh, people will brag, hey, I've done 100 episodes, but it's 100 episodes of empty content. Who gives a shit if you have 100 episodes and you never once said anything? You never once put yourself out there or took a stance or really, really tried to make an impact. And so I'm not, my, my goal is not to try to make this podcast big or make my YouTube channel big. It's actually saying something that people want to hear. And I don't think I'm there yet. I think that I've, I, I've scratched the surface a couple times, but I think that there's uh, more that I can learn from this medium. And that's why this is still a personal growth challenge for me because I've never once cracked the microphone because it's just time to do another podcast or I haven't done one in a while. It's only when I have something to say. I just did a podcast yesterday. And so usually I do maybe once a week, maybe even once every two weeks, but I'm doing one again because I had something else to say that I didn't get to say yesterday. And so um, that's the important message is that you need to do things that are worthwhile. You need to do them for yourself uh, and not just chase the almighty dollar or try to play the victim just because you find some kind of currency in it. There's a lot more currency that this guy would find. Oh, by the way, I remembered his 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 name. Francis is his character's name on the Boogie2988 channel. Francis, the, the fat character that he has that's like his alter ego or whatever. Um, you know, when he's making his Francis videos and he's wanting people to laugh at him and not with him, that's more of that victim mentality shit. And it's the lowest common denominator is I'll do something. It's like drunk people that think they're the life of the party when people are laughing at them and not with them. Somebody that's sophisticated, that has a good self image, they want people to laugh with them. But if you want to be the butt of every joke, you want to be the fucking class clown 
Um, that's usually, I was the class clown and it was out of low self-esteem is because I, I wanted people to just be laughing. If they're, even if they're laughing at me, they're, I'm getting attention. So that's the, th- th- those are the things that we need to grow out of and evolve out of. And, and if I'm talking to a 16 year old and he's the class clown, I'm not shaming him because I know that that's a evolution that they might grow out of. But if they're still doing it at 25 or 26 or 27, which I've, I have uh, people I work with that are like that, you, that's where you try to mold them and try to uh, inspire them to, to find a different method. Because you need, at some point you need to mature and at some point we all need to grow. And if you're not trying to grow every single day, um, then what's the point of life? What's the point of, you know, there, there is no point to the longevity that we have in life if we're not getting better, wiser, stronger, faster. And as our bodies deplete and we get weaker and slower and, and you know, less active, then our minds need to constantly be increased or our uh, experience, our wisdom. So there's always something else to grow. There's always another path to get better. Um, and that's one of the things, that's my number one hobby uh, in my life. I have my job, I have my relationship, but the things that don't, the things that are all encompassing uh, with my hobbies, with my relationship, with my uh, job, it's trying to be the best person I can be. And not just um, saying that kind of in a vacuum, but actually putting things into action making a plan, having a goal, and holding yourself accountable. That's what you can learn from my personal growth challenges if you've never done one, is that not only do I make a goal and put it out in the world, but I do things like buying a, a, a planner and writing down all those goals. And every day I look at that and it stares me in the face and it keeps me accountable. And I'm not going to say that I don't sometimes fail. Everybody fails. But when you know that failure is part of the process and and you don't beat yourself up because you know how to get through it, then that's when you know you've truly achieved uh, some kind of uh, clarity about you in the world. You go, I know failure is part of the process. It used to be it's like, oh, I failed, I'm quitting. No, it's now I know that that's just part of achieving this goal is I'm going to have to fail along the way and it's failing failing is sometimes a good thing because you learn a lot from those things. And so when you watch, you know, uh, uh, that boogie 2988 guy on YouTube, you realize that he's failing for the sake of failing to get clicks, to get sympathy, but he's not using it to learn anything is because he keeps making the mistakes. And he'll say, he said in this one video, hey, I'm going through all this shit and I'm going to say things that I regret because I don't have a lot of control over I'm going through a lot of shit, so I know I'm going to make mistakes. You never want to go into something saying, hey, I'm going to fuck this up. So, you, so the the I'm going to earmark it right now in my video that I'm going to fuck up. And now you can't call me out because I already told you. And he did. He made another video after that saying when he got some backlash for shit that he said, going, hey, I, I told you I'm a flawed person and I'm going through some shit. And I'm probably going to say things I regret. I, I here's Here's something I'm going to tell you. If you do a YouTube video and you say something that you don't want to, uh, that you're not proud of and that you said it the wrong way, um, like this kind of uh, this podcast, it's not live. 
I have to edit it. Uh, I don't really edit my podcast, but most people edit YouTube videos. You don't have to upload it, and you could definitely delete it afterwards. And it's just clickbaity bullshit of um, trying to gain notoriety from the lowest common denominator, and you are trying to have a fan base of other people that are also victims or identify as victims or as pathetic people. And there's so many of them in the world, if you can align yourself with them and monetize it, then you can make a pretty good living. And you see people do it all the time. People that are truly trying to help people understand that that person, it, there's there's a lot of currency in making that person better. And, and uh, you know, like therapists, a good therapist goal is to have less patience in the sense of, I don't want you to be my patient forever. My, I want to help you, and so one day you won't need me. A good parent is trying to get rid of their kids, is trying to raise them so they move out and have a life outside of them, and then they come and visit. Those parents that, that the kid still lives with them and they don't want them to leave, they don't want them to move out because they got some codependency issues, it's not a good parent. The, the point of a lot of things in life is to get rid of it and then you start something else. That, that uh, I, I view uh, employment like that. I've had a lot of different jobs. The job I'm working at now, I've been doing for about five years and it's the longest job I've ever had in my life and I'm, I'll be 45 this year. I constantly get bored and I wanna, want new challenges. And because of it, uh, I take a financial hit a lot of times because I start making good money and then I start all over in a new industry. Uh, but that's just the way my mind works. I enjoy doing that. I've alluded to doing that again. I've talked about you know getting out of the military next year and I still don't know what I'm gonna do to pay my bills. All I know is I'm not a victim and I can make things happen for myself. doesn't mean that you're always gonna make a lateral move. Sometimes you gotta take two steps back to take a step forward or five steps back to take one step forward. But a lot of times, five steps back, one step forward, and then the next year it's another step, another step. Then in six or seven years, you actually took 10 steps forward. So when you look at the big picture, it's five steps back, 10 steps forward. And I never would have gotten forward without taking that step back. So <clears throat> that's how I see my life as a, as a growth. And that growth isn't always straight up. Sometimes it kind of goes to the side and might even go back a little bit. Uh, so you can kind of hit that reset button and get some perspective. Okay. Um, sometimes we're looking at our life through like a scope on a rifle or through some binoculars. Every once in a while, we got to remove that scope or those binoculars and look at the big picture. And then we can kind of zoom in on what we want. And that's what I try to do from time to time is just take a step back and then go, is this really, it's hard to see it when you're in it. You know, it's, it really is. Sometimes you got to take, hit the, hit the pause button and take a step back. Um, especially from things like your career and things like that. You, sometimes we get involved in things that we don't realize this isn't where I really wanted to go. How did I wind up here? And uh, it's important to take a step back before you can't. Some people get themselves so embedded with something that they don't want to do, no matter if it's a relationship or a job or um, another situation, financial situation, and they can't get out of it. It's not as easy. 
So you got to reevaluate things constantly. So anyway, um, that is kind of the update on personal growth challenges, why I do them, um, where I'm at with mine. And I wanted to give you an example. Like I said, I'm not hating on this guy, but I encourage you to make your own assessment. Go to his YouTube channel and, uh, you know, I didn't make fun of them for being fat. And I know that I've, I sometimes make fun of people. I easily could, but that's, that's too easy to do. Um, this, this guy makes me sad, uh, because I know that there's so many people in the world that, um, people see them as they, they want to pretend that they're victims and they want to help them. And they don't even realize they're being exploited by them. Um, Yes, there are people with mental illnesses that are overweight, that have diseases, and they still exploit people. It happens all the time. People are people. And we're all, we all have flaws. And just because you have a disability or you have an ailment or something doesn't mean that you can't be a shitty person. There's lots of shitty people out there. There's people that are dying of cancer that are assholes. But nobody wants to admit that. You just want to say the narrative, this person's dying of cancer, you got to be nice to them. Well, you know, you still got to be a good person. And you still have to be pushing yourself to your next evolution despite the hurdles that you have in your life. And a lot of times if you do that, those hurdles will actually develop more character and you'll even be a better human being. And you see that a lot um, with our veteran community because a lot of times they're already strong, mentally tough, and resilient. And so when a tragedy happens, like they lose a limb or lose their eyesight, um, they they refuse to be victims because they're like, fuck you. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm going to, I'm going to still achieve. And that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. That's how I know that it's like, I can't, I can't, I got to put my ego in check. If I'm doing a 32 mile race, realizing there's people that do 200 mile races, there's people that do hundred mile races with a prosthetic leg. There's people that have achieved 300 times what I could even imagine. And so it's not that I'm comparing myself to them, but you need to remain humble and and not uh, pat yourself on the back too hard and just keep pushing forward and realize that, okay, if I achieve this, what's the next thing that's going to be a challenge? I can't do another 32-mile race next year and call it a challenge unless I want to try to get a lot better time or I got to up the miles. I got to do something else. So, um, that's what I'm planning for is, is I need to accomplish my goals and my challenges so I can, that's my next step off point. I mean, how awesome is that is if you can start from the 50 yard line instead of starting at zero every time. And that's what you do when you achieve things is everything else becomes that much easier because you've done it before, you know the process, you know the methods, but what you have to give up, and I will warn everyone listening to this, the one thing that you give up is the victim equity. You can never be a victim anymore when you take personal responsibilities. You can't use that as an excuse. If you never achieve anything, you can always play the victim. I have chosen to give up my equity in being a victim. So I, I try not to get sympathy from people. I don't tell them about my problems. I remember my first divorce. I got a divorce and there was people that had no idea I was even in a bad marriage because I filed for a divorce and 
they were like going, what, you know, even my family took my ex-wife's side in the beginning before they, you know, saw what it was because they just, they just assumed that I was having a midlife crisis and I left my wife and they didn't know why. It's because one, I didn't want anyone to know my personal life. It's none of their fucking business. And two, I don't want to play the victim. I was still in it. I was trying to fix it. I was trying to, to be resilient and see my way through it. But there is a lot of people that they want to, they, they want to tell air all their dirty laundry to people so they feel sorry for them. That's the last thing I want is there's people in this world for you to feel sorry about. I'm not one of them. And most of those people, a lot of times they'll get pissed if you, if you give them too much pity. So definitely uh, go pity Boogie 2988 because he wants it. I don't. And most other people that have gone through uh, 10 times what this guy's gone through, a lot of them don't want it either. So go give it to somebody that wants it. Okay. And I encourage you to find that piece of you that doesn't want that either and use that as fuel to not use an excuse, but actually make a goal, work hard, achieve it, and be that representative for your family, for your community as somebody that doesn't make excuses. They make shit happen. All right, everybody. As always, be kind to one another. I'm out. Peace.